Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts, and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation, and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's really a big pleasure because I have Sean McAndrew together with me. Hi, Sean. How are you? Hi, Greg. Great to be with you today. Thank you very much for taking time from your busy calendar and coming to my show to discuss about B2B in customer experience. I think it's a really important topic that it's not so much discussed from, from people in the different communities and therefore I really appreciate you taking the time. But as usual also for the audience, they know that before we deep dive in this topic, we would learn about something, something about you. And therefore, Sean, could you please introduce yourself? Thank you so much, Greg. Uh, my name is Sean McAndrew. I am the Vice President of Business Development for the Service Design Group. So I talk all things service design and service design approach. Uh, I got into this. I am actually a Navy veteran. Um, I had a career in the Navy first, uh, was a helicopter pilot. Uh, and then when I left the Navy in 2020, I took some time. We moved from Idaho to North Carolina uh, here in the United States. Uh, I wanted warm. That was number one option. Um, and then I uh, took some downtime and I'll say fell into learning about this company and started working with them. And I'll say fate be fate be what it is. That was over two years ago. Uh, and I have absolutely fallen in love with, I'll say, the service design approach Uh, as well as uh, a service-dominant mindset. And I really do think it is uh, the way of the future. Um, what I love about the company is we're always looking for a win-win-win. And that ends up falling in line with my personal values and my purpose why, because I'd like to leave the world uh, a little better than when I found it. And we're looking to make sure as a company how technology integrates and creates customer outcomes that are very viable for the customer to create better business, create gener better revenues. And so you end up with the win, win, win and doing integrity and bringing all of that together um, in a positive way. So those are, I'll say that's a, a quick introduction um, on me uh, to let people know at least uh, where, where my starting point is. And uh, you prepared very well because you already answered my second question about the, your your personal values. But I think it flew if it flew very well. And therefore, if you want to add something about your personal value that you have, then please please feel free to do that now. Well, Greg, thanks for that kind compliment. Um, I really do appreciate it. Uh, one of the things I'll say that I take away from the Navy is um, the value of integrity. Uh, and I'll say helping people. And that is truly where I enjoy what we do because it really is about helping people and not just, yes, we all do want to make money. There is the value for that. I, I get that. But actually in the end, it's really about helping people, helping businesses thrive. And that's what I truly enjoy about the company about the business and who I get to meet and talk with. 
And I would say, let's give me this opportunity to say thank you for all the services that you provide, you provided in your past career. Thank you very much. I th think it's not so easy, but uh, you, I'm sure you did a great job. But now let, let's really deep dive in uh, understanding better customer experience in the B2B world. This is the topic we would like to discuss. And um, I saw one of your posts in LinkedIn. Please, uh, dear audience, follow Sean because she's sharing really great, great insights. And on one of that, and I'm reading that you, you stated um, only 22% of the B2B buyers are very satisfied with their current service provider. And 65% of the B2B buyers are open to switch service providers. What, what does it mean? Now, I love this and I loved finding the statistic. It was from HubSpot where they surveyed a thousand um, B2B buyers um, about their suppliers. And I was really shocked at the statistics. For me, the biggest thing it says is there's a huge opportunity for B2B suppliers that if they can do the value proposition, which includes the customer experience as part of the offer, they can outrun their competition very easily. And so I see this as a huge opportunity. And I'll say, this is where um, I look at CX. CX is not just a business function. Yes, it is a business function like marketing, like sales, but it actually, it's also a mindset. And it is a mindset in the, the customer outcomes, not the customer, it's him or herself, because it's B2B, so it's a business. But the customer outcomes, what your customer's business needs to do to do better you do better than they do. It's it's you are stating already a lot of of great pills insights. <laughs> Let's go step 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 by step because it's, <laughs> it's only a podcast, not a masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing: is one you can tell I I really enjoy this. I am passionate about it. I know you are passionate about it. You look at at how long you have been doing this, and and I love how much you give your audience, you know, and <clears throat> be able to make them and participate with you in this experience. Um, that's why I've enjoyed these past two years. They've flown by because, again, I see this win, win, win. I see where companies could do better. Uh, and, but there are obstacles. You're right. Um, because if there weren't obstacles, we wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's true. And uh, unpacking the first thing that you, that you shared, we are in the B2B world. In the B2C world, we are often speaking about uh, customer lifetime value. And this is something relevant also in the B2B world. And it, what it, it comes to my mind is thinking about how much value is a, is a customer in the B2C world compared to a B2B world. This, this, this is a big, big amount of money that could be uh, together with the customer. Taking this decision after a contract renewal, uh, two years, three years, five years, to renew the contracts, it can be, could have a massive impact on the complete business. And um, how are you working with, with your customer in relation to, to this important topic? One of the things I'll say is, is the, the concept of customer centricity and customer outcomes is part and partial to this service design approach. 
that we're talking about. And I will say the customer experience, the mindset, as well as the requirement are built into this approach. So in a B2B world, how what we start to focus on is what are the jobs to be done that you as the provider do better than they do? And then how do you put, I'll say, a complete offer together? So whatever pr- combination of product, service, hardware, software, IoT, AI, machine learning, data science, all together so that the offer itself creates a business outcome for your target client, for your target customer that actually improves their business and you must prove it. So this is where the data science, the digitalization must go hand in hand um, and are normally part of this kind of complete offer as well as part of the customer experience because if you can prove to your customers that you are improving their results, you almost guarantee they have a good customer experience. Yes, uh, I think that's that's extremely extremely important, and um, uh, we see also beyond you uh, a nice uh, <laughs> information uh, service design. And let's talk about uh, service design mm-hmm. uh, from from your point of view. Uh, could you please share? The, the the framework around the service design that you are offering to your customers. Oh, okay. The framework of service design. I'll say we have framework and we have tools. All right, but it. Um, I'll say it starts with our mindset. Uh, and what we believe is businesses need to create these complete offers and or harden their services uh, in order to create customer outcomes that are viable. So all of our tools, which will start from why it is important for, I'll say, the leadership team or even just the team creating these offers to understand why they're going in this direction. Too often, and, and I'll start with this framework, um, people have a product-first mindset. So I call it product-dominant mindset, which means all the services follow after the product, the features, everything is done. For us, they actually have to go hand-in-hand. And that is actually what ends up creating the full customer experience because everything was done together in one, I don't want to say one step, but in one process so that um, the offer is cohesive. Well, the starting point is, is getting everybody on board to believe that. So we actually have a workshop that we take people through and they individually figure out through our workshop why going towards a more service dominant mindset makes sense for them kind of personally as a consumer, but also for their business as a B2B. So it takes them through an evolution um, where they discover it themselves. And I think it's a a very fascinating, um, simple workshop. We do it in two to four hours. Um, It can be virtual, we do it live. 
But that's the starting point, because if you don't have the decision makers and the resources and the support to do this, it becomes very, very hard to actually implement. And I think that's where a lot of B2B CX organizations find their frustration. There isn't the mindset across the entire company that everybody is part of the offer, therefore part of the customer experience. And without that, every CX department will struggle until there's that larger mindset and the support from on high and other teams. And that's why we created the workshop, because I I honestly believe that is the first step is recognizing why do you even want to go down this path? It so I'll say that's that's the start that's that's the start of the service design approach and and framework, and and it totally make uh, make sense because at the end we are in business and we need to understand that businesses can select us can pick our products our services but they want what they want at the end is uh, working products working services and everything around that and therefore it's important to to build a, to build a relationship with uh, with these with these customers. Absolutely true. And and based on that, I know that uh, you are also sharing uh, several uh, points. And sorry for <laughs> jumping from one topic to the other, but let's pick uh, some, some interesting stuff. We now understand why. And one, one topic that you are often sharing in, uh, in service design is understanding customer needs. Uh, could you please elaborate a bit on that? No, that is wonderful. Um, customer needs, and I will say the, the customer jobs to be done. Um, I want to put out what exactly we think of as a service, as a definition, because that will help explain why we're putting it out there and and its importance. So our definition of a service is an in-market offering that performs a jobs to be done or a specific outcome on behalf of the customer at a level of value or efficiency or expertise that the customer cannot attain on their own. So unpacking that a little more is if you do not know the jobs to be done or the business outcomes that you'll do better than your customer, you cannot offer them something of high value. That is the challenge. Um, With one of our clients that we did, They were, um, it was a biotech company that um, one of their ingredients was essential to biofuels to make the biofuel. And they sold it by the kilogram. So it was very much a commodity. They wanted to do something with data science. They brought us in. And over time, what we helped them create was the outcome of maximum yield for per biomass. And the data science, the measurement, the instrumentation, the the process engineering, the data engineering that is needed. So they're no longer selling, you know, something by the kilogram. They are now actually selling a specific yield, maximum yield. So they know the quality of the biomass coming in. They have the proper dosing. So it's not too much, not too little. And then they prove they've maximized the yield. That's an example of how you, and the whole thing with the experience is 
now instead of the relationship being a price-based relationship, it's no, how do we make this better for each other? And how do we prove it? So you have a better customer experience because everything was about the customer outcome and getting the right business result. So you've taken all of those things into account upfront. I think that's that's incredible because you are sharing how to create or maximize the value that is is creating throughout the relationship, and and basically this is the starting point of every uh, business connection to maximize the value. And you shared that several times. You need to do that in better than others because if you are not doing that better then you can be exchanged or the company can, can do it by, by, by themselves. I, mm-hmm. I think w- what you're reiterating and I would like to, to double click on is uh, streamlined processes beyond, beyond service. You are always saying mm-hmm. it's not only about the, the thing, the product and so on, but it's much more. Could you please elaborate on that? All right. So I keep saying a complete offer, you know, and, and that is something that, um, I'll say, especially as we get more and more complex offerings. So the products themselves are more complex. Um, and it gets harder and harder for a company to use or, or that, that B2B customer to use. There's onboarding, there's training, there's all these other things that are required to get the maximum use out of whatever was developed. So companies, they'll, they'll create the product and all the fit, all the features, all the widgets, and they'll sell it. And then the customers are like, cool, how do we use it? And then they're like, and then there's this six month delay of additional services that have to come in. Some of those, again, are rushed, are added on, are individualized. And we have this ad hoc kind of feeling to everything and be, then everything has been expanded and nobody can take track or knows exactly what the real offer is. So there's this, this frustration of how do I manage all of this, especially for service managers or services managers, they're doing this. So a complete offer, you start with the product and the service team together and everybody else who has a voice of the customer. So your marketing side, your sales side, your tech support, um, customer support, they get a seat at the table. Now you don't, you, you have representation. You don't bring everybody in the room. You'll never get anything done. But the focus is to integrate the combination of product, hardware, software, tech, AI, machine learning, IOT, data analytics, and services needed to align to the customer outcomes, those business outcomes that you improve, that you deliver at a level of expertise higher. It is a single value proposition in one offer. That is what companies need to come together and bring all those voices of the customer into one section so that those jobs to be done are really understood because there's not when you're selling B2B, there's not a single target persona. You're selling to a business, which is a group of people. 
So you have to focus on the jobs to be done, not on single personas. And I'll say that's something that is a little bit nuanced um, between B2C versus B2B CX is the focus on the customer outcomes and the jobs to be done are the personas that need to be addressed. At the end, as you're saying, on the other side, you have several stakeholders that you need to manage, you need to discuss. I was working uh, with a company and the marketing team already sold in a B2B uh, world uh, a product and uh, they came back to the IT department and they, they asked for this product and the IT department told them, yes, we need two years to build that. And they said, oh, the product needs to be there in six months. And then it starts exactly what you are saying. <laughs> That they, that they are not not aligned and it's 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 not working uh, properly, and I think this is and and also extremely important speaking about quality. And I know that you are often speaking about enhancing service quality. Do, uh, do, could you please share your thoughts on this topic? With the service quality, I'll say everybody wants to develop to develop good quality, you know, and deliver good quality. To me, it's about knowing what you are going to deliver, what you have to deliver, and therefore build specifically what you should be delivering, which then ensures the quality that you need. I love your example because I, we've heard that either marketing or sales sells something and then everybody else is left to do it, which is why they need to be part of this team because they need to understand the offer as much as the product team, because they need to know what they're selling and vice versa. So you can deliver the quality. And that's why designing it ahead of time and not just going to, you know, whatever the customer needs and being able to say, no, this is what, you know, based on what you have said and what the outcomes you want, this is what we can deliver. That ends up ensuring a much higher quality And you don't have those gaps that you talk about, well, we need, you know, we need two to three amount, times the amount of time to deliver what you said you could. And then everybody ends up upset. So again, some forethought ends up getting a lot higher quality. And that's what I would say is a, you know, why I think with services, they end up getting last minute. Therefore, the services don't feel as good as they should be. No, clear. I think that that's extremely important because you mentioned earlier, it's the product, the service must be better than others. And therefore, you need you need to work on that and, and invest time on that. And I think um, in, in the B2B world, it's also important to invest time creating an offer journey. I think that's the, the word that you use in, in mm -hmm. your videos. I think this is something really interesting. Could you please also share your 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 ideas on that? The idea of it, of the offer journey, I will say there's there's the the customer experience, the customer journey, but then there's the business function and the business journey, and they have to be one. They have to be on a, a single document, single sheet, being able to see who supports what at what time. And so it really is about business model design and 
you're designing the experience for both the business and the customer at the same time. Therefore, they are mutually supportive and you end up with, again, a cohesive offer that everyone in the business understands. They understand their role of what they are delivering. Therefore, with that understanding, the customer feels supported because everything is already understood, next steps, they're already known. So the handoffs and those gaps that we have, I have seen when we've, when we've talked with other companies uh, where things fall through the cracks, the cracks have already been identified and bridges made ahead of time. So that's, I would say, where the offer map is different than a journey map because it's two-sided. And I just see that that's the, that's the requirement is, is you don't need just the customer side. You also need the business side and they have to be mutually supportive. Yes, because it needs to build up. It's B to B to C or to somewhere else. And therefore you need to create all this, this flow that, that it's working properly and smoothly to create value until the end of, of the, of the, of the complete chain. What, what, what we know and what we see and what we are feeling is your passion about this topic and your experience about this topic. And I'm sure that you already had some best practices that, that you could share, but perhaps also some mistakes that you did in the past. Let, let's start with, with best practices. Um, could you share from your point of view, what are the best practices that you often use or you see this is something really important in, in customer experience in the B2B world? The, the biggest thing is that cross-functional team. I have mentioned it before, but breaking down the silos is, I'll say, an essential secret sauce that we have um, and requiring there to be a P&L owner uh, to take the lead. So those two elements together are really essential and we require that when we work with people. We simply say these are the requirements and they do follow along. But if a company were to do it on their own, they really need that P&L owner to bring a cross-functional team together to become advocates, to really do the ideation, to talk through the process of what is going to be offered. What are all the different jobs to be done? Because if they don't, something's going to be a gap. And that's why with CX even with the best of intentions, um, somebody always knows something else that's not getting put on the table if you don't have those other job functions, you know, together with you. And I think what you're saying, it's really interesting. It's putting all the, the, the relevant people together. You shared also throughout the discussion. One thing is getting all the relevant people at one table. The first thing that you mentioned that I think is key is to explain why we are doing that and why it's, 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 it's so important. Perhaps do you have also other learnings from um, finding ways how to break these silos and bring people together? You know, you need an advocate. Somebody needs to be an advocate and has to be willing to, I'll say, do all the branches. Um, or someone has to be frustrated enough to say, okay, we have cool innovation and we're tired of X being commoditized, not seeing the value, giving our services away for free, you know, something like that. 
or there's way too many services, we have to reduce the portfolio. There has to be something that is a frustration that is driving, that is recognized, and somebody has to be want to step up and take action. Um, I'll say one of the biggest obstacles is the fact that everybody gets comfortable in their job and everybody's job is full. So to do this work, you're actually asking people to take time out of their normal busy day and do something different. That's actually not necessarily easy, not necessarily intuitive um, and work together in ways that they're they're not used to. That's change. Nobody really likes change. You know, so this is one of the reasons why we end up getting brought in is because we can galvanize change, you know, and make it so that um, there's less prep, you know, at least starting to work with us. And it makes it easier for a company to at least get started. Because they don't have, the other thing we realize with it is they, you can't stop doing what you're doing now. Take the time it needs to create a new offer because then you won't be in business because you won't have been sold anything. So it has to be a gradual process and it can't be something that you just drop on a company and actually expect it to take over. It has to evolve. And People will probably, you know, the objections are, well, they don't want to work with outside sources. They'll say they don't have the money. Um, I look at it this way in my own budget. If there's something that I really, really want, I will find the money. I think businesses do the same. So if it's not enough of a pain point to not find the money, you know, that's, that's a business decision itself, too. But then you can say, let's meet, in, let's meet in six months again when it's, it's the platform is really burning. And therefore, exactly. I that's, that's the, the, the important thing. What you are saying, experts like, like you also give the feelings and the security to the teams, to these people that you can guide them through this change because change is difficult and the business is perhaps focused on their daily activities and not on changing everything. And therefore, it, it totally makes sense. Perhaps moving to, to one of the last questions that I would like to, to, to ask you. Uh, mistakes are opportunity to learn and to grow. And perhaps throughout the, 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 the journeys with your customers and what you did with, with your customer, you said, the next time I would do this or that in a different way. Could you please share some one of the latest learning that you uh, gained? Um, I'll say our biggest learning is, is making sure you keep the executive team informed of the progress and that they continue to see the value of the work. Um, the work to create complete offers and extremely good customer experience without that, that leadership buy-in and making sure they understand the value that is being brought with the change, the change will, the change, the positive change will stop. You know, because they will not allocate the resources that are needed to actually do it. They won't make the decisions to make to actually enact the changes that are real realistically possible. So making sure that you um, that, you know, the, the senior leadership, you know, not just is briefed, but actually continues to buy in on the process is essential. 
And this is hard work. <laughs> it's hard work, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, jumping from, from your learnings from the past into the future. It's now, it's in 10 years time from now, we are back on the CX Goalkeeper podcast and we are discussing about customer experience. What's the topic? I would say that the topic is, is look how far we've come with a service dominant mindset. Those that were early to adopt Look at how much they have been thriving. Look how much better our economy is because we're coming from a more a place of abundance and not necessarily scarcity because that's what this mindset actually requires is the idea of abundance, that there's enough for everyone, that there's higher value in working together than not. And so that will be the improvement of, look how quickly the, the and we were on the leading edge of this change and we are enjoying um, sharing conversations and sharing stories uh, about all of the the different changes and positive impact that this has made oh thank you very much uh, basically we are coming to the end of this game in the last three minutes i still have three questions for you the first one is there a book that helped you during your career or personal life that you would like to share with the audience You know, one that is um, has been very good right now is Digital Hesitation, published by uh, J.B. Wood and Thomas Law from uh, Technology and Services Industries Association, TSAA. It really outlines, I'll say, this challenge and the hesitation to this change that, that we're talking about with customer experience with service and with service offers. And I found it really informative to... To understand, I'll say that the, the hesitation, the fear about making it. And so if companies really want to see and understand what that looks like, um, being able to get a copy of that would be fantastic. Um, and again, really, really beneficial. Thank you. And what's the best way to reach you? Sure. I can be reached at Sean at the Service Design Group. Sean is spelled S-H-A-U-N. Yes, there are multiple ways of spelling it. Uh, but the servicedesigngroup.com, the service design group is all squashed together. And there is only one. <laughs> there is only one. <laughs> no, thank you very much. You will find also all the contact details in the show notes. And now we are coming to the last question. Is Sean's golden nugget? It's something that we discussed or something new that you would like to leave to the audience. And I think this is a difficult question because you shared so many golden nuggets throughout this discussion, but I am pleased to listen to, 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 the, to the conclusion. <laughs> my last golden nugget, and it kind of flows in with, with everything we've talked about as well as my personal values. My personal philosophy is think forward, choose excellence. Be able to think forward, think through the options, think through, you know, what are the consequences of all of those options, and then choose, actively choose what is the best one for everyone. And so the golden nugget is simply, and how I want to live my life, is think forward, choose excellence. It's great. Thank you very much, Sean, for your time. It was really a great pleasure to have you on uh, on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Thank you very much for your time. Greg, thank you as well. And I hope you have a lovely evening. Thank you all for your time tonight. 
Thank you very much. Sean, please stay with me to the audience. It's everything. I hope that you enjoyed this discussion. Feedback is a gift. Please contact me, contact Sean. If you have any question, we would love to, to hear from you. Thank you very much and bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business. We are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you.